Canine Cast number 26. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hello, welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter. Just a quick recap of the last show in case you're just tuning in for the first time or missed Canine Cast number 25. We talked about games to play with your dog and some to avoid playing. Plus, we talked about some fun and safe dog toys and dog treats. And we also had some advice for an older dog who was suddenly urinating in the house. So thanks for going over that for us, Walter. Today on the Canine Cast, we're going to go over some tips for doing your dog's nails. So we'll be talking about that today, as well as talking a little bit about brushing your dog's teeth and some helpful tips for that. So to start off with your dog's nails, that's something that you will want to keep uh, an eye on over the life of your dog to make sure that their nails don't get too long because that can make it difficult for them to walk. Their feet may not be able to touch the ground the way they should, and that can lead to a whole host of problems with their feet and legs and just general movement. So some dogs are, some dogs are lucky enough that they tend to kind of keep their nails short on concrete just in general, but you know most, most dogs, that's not the case. So the first step in doing your dog's nails is to talk to your vet. During a normal vet trip may be a great time to do this, and a lot of times if your dog's nails are long, they will clip them for you. You can actually ask your vet to show you how to figure out where to clip your dog's nails. Now, this is important because if you clip them too short, they, like us, if their nails are cut too short, it'll hurt them and they can even bleed a little bit. So you won't want to do that to your dog. But the vet can show you how to tell where a safe area is to cut their nails and also can tell you about how, how short is the right amount and also how long would be too long and would be time for you to cut their nails. Now, um, a lot of dogs don't necessarily take to this right away. So there are a few things that you can do. Number one, make sure that your dog is comfortable with you touching their feet to begin with. Some dogs are a little bit funny about their feet, and unless it's something that you think about, it may not be a place where you normally pet them. So if you suddenly start reaching for their feet, that may put them off a little bit. So first of all, you're going to just make the feet another place that you play with that's enjoyable for your dog. The way you do that is by starting out just petting them in a place that they really, really love, maybe their back or their chest or their belly, and then kind of kind of slowly go towards the foot and then go back. Now, I didn't say go all the way to the foot, just go towards the foot. Go towards the foot and back and towards the foot and back, and you want to make sure that they remain relaxed. If they kind of, if they kind of look up or seem like they're not relaxed for for any reason while you're doing this, go ahead and go back to just petting them in their favorite spot. Now, once they've let you get all the way down to their foot and they've stayed relaxed, then you can start actually working with the foot. But do this slowly. Just maybe maybe touch the foot for a moment at a time and then go back to their favorite spot. Then if they're okay with that, go ahead and pet their foot for a second or two at a time and go back to their favorite spot. Basically, what you want is to make it very pleasurable so that they just see that as another fun place for you to pet them and to play with them. You don't have to do this all in one day. Depending on how sensitive your dog is about their feet, they may let you just go ahead and pet their feet right away, or it may take a few days. Now, if it takes some time, that's fine. You don't want to stress out your dog. 
just take your time with it. Now, once your dog is comfortable with you touching their feet, that's when you can begin to do their nails. Now, some dogs who are perfectly okay with you touching their feet will be great with you doing their nails. Some of them won't like it so much. And using the nail cutters can kind of pinch their toes a little bit. So that'll be a different feeling for them if they're not used to it. They do actually sell sell nail cutters in different sizes. So make sure that you get a size that's good for your dog. They have some that have a little guard on them that will only let you cut so much of the nail at a time. Some people find those helpful. Some people find them not so helpful. So just try um, just try what you think may work for you. I found the guard to be helpful, and what happens is you just cut off a little bit of their nail at a time, and it keeps you from doing too much all at once. So go ahead and take your dog's foot. You'll want to hold it somewhat firmly and go ahead and give the nail a little tiny clip. Now, if the dog doesn't mind that, then you're good to go and you can continue. If your dog does mind and some will just kind of pull their foot away, then one great way to kind of try to distract them and make it a very positive experience is you can use um, something that your dog likes that's kind of sticky and spreadable. Uh, we, we used peanut butter back when we used to clip our na- dog's nails in this way. We would take peanut butter and actually spread it on the front of the refrigerator at the dog's height um, for, their, for their head. So that they would, then we would let them stand there and lick at the peanut butter. And we would put a good amount and put it over a wide area so they would be licking for a little while. And while we did that, you just go ahead and clip, it, clip their nails. And it was like they never even noticed the nails because you know, the, the food was there and it was good. And it was a special treat that they only got during nail cutting time. So that was something that kind of made them look forward to it. And it, re- it really helped a lot. Your dog doesn't have to be a super chow hound like Toby. If they're you know, moderately interested in food and will work for food, then that should, be, that should be good enough for them, so long as it's something they really like and that's special. Like I said, you can use peanut butter. You can use um, a liver paste if you have that and they like that. You could probably use honey if you spread it kind of thinly so it didn't actually drip down the front of your refrigerator. And when you're all done and your dog's nails are beautiful, then you go ahead and clean the extra off of the refrigerator. And bonus, you have a clean refrigerator front too. Now, there's a totally different method for shortening your dog's nails that you can do instead that has nothing to do with clipping. And what you would be doing with that is it's, it's often called grinding your dog's nails, but you can use a Dremel or similar grinding tool to actually kind of sand down their nails. Now, this one will probably take you a little bit longer to get to the point where your dog will accept it. However, if you do that, remember how I said that when you clip your dog's nails, it can kind of do a little pinch on their nails. So with the with the grinder, you'll never have that. So a lot of dogs, once they get used to the feeling, because it's a little odd, find it more comfortable and tend to enjoy it more. Now, that's what we found with our dogs. We actually went over to the grinding because it allowed us to get their nails shorter. And Toby, ha- Toby has kind of um, splayed feet. This, this is how, how he's been since we've had him. So his nails kind of, kind of grow out and it can easily cause his feet to kind of go flatter than they already are. So we have to keep them kind of extra short. And it was very difficult to do that with clipping without clipping them too short. And we didn't want to hurt him, of course. So we switched over to using the grinder. 
And there is a website that that will take you step by little tiny step all the way through training your dog to to accept the grinder. It's at um, doberdawn.com and we will have a link for you. Now, that that actual address will take you to the front page of the website. And then if you go down on the left-hand side, you'll find Doberdon's Quick Click Index to High Traffic Sites. If you click on How to Dremel Dog Nails, then that's what I'm actually talking about. And we don't link directly to that because she, she tells you actually on there that she often changes the, the addresses and where everything goes. So if you don't go to the front page, then the link may end up breaking later on, which we don't want to happen to you. So you go to doberdon.com and it'll take you through through the whole the whole thing from beginning to end on how to get your dog to not only accept having their nails dremeled but to accept it so well that they'll come lay down for you and kind of take a nap while you do it which is a great thing and very little stress on your dog so just to give just to give you kind of an overview of how you would do this first of all again you would want to do the part where you make sure that your dog is comfortable with you touching their feet to begin with. Then you go ahead and you get your grinding tool, which we use a Dremel. Um, it's, it's almost, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's almost like, it operates almost like a little drill in that it turns, but it has many different attachments that you can put on the top. And we use an actual sander that just spins around to grind the dog's nails. Then you go ahead and introduce your dogs to it while it's off. And you want to do this in a very positive way. You want everything about the Dremel for them to be a positive, good thing. And one of the great ways to do that is with treats. So we started out just kind of putting the Dremel out and giving the dogs a treat whenever they'd go over to kind of sniff it or check it out or see what it was about. So that way they got comfortable with it. Then after that, you go ahead and give them the position that we wanted them to be in, which is we wanted them to lay down and stay. Now, luckily, they already knew their downstays. So if you've been working with your dog on the long downstay, then your dog will be great at this part. You can go ahead and give them their down and have them stay. And then what we would do is we would pick up the Dremel and bring it over to them. We wouldn't actually touch them with it at this point, but just bring it close to them and treat them for staying calm and still thinking that this Dremel thing was kind of cool. Then the next step would be to take the Dremel and just touch their their feet. Now, when I, when I say you're going to touch their feet, at this point, you don't even have it on. It's still off. Just go ahead and touch their feet with it off just so that they don't feel, so just so that they don't freak out with you touching their feet with it. They get to think of that as a positive thing too, because of course, they're getting a treat every time we touch their feet. Then you move to touching the toes and they get treats for that. And then after they're perfectly comfortable being touched with this Dremel, then it's time to turn it on. And the first time you turn it on, you don't touch them with it at all. You just go ahead and turn it on so that they can hear the noise. You do that a little bit, a little bit away from them so it's not right next to them. And then they get treats for being around the Dremel with the noise. Then as they feel comfortable with that, you can bring the Dremel closer and closer. Continue giving them a treat every time you bring it closer and they are calm and comfortable with it. Then what you can do is after they will let you bring the Dremel up to them with it on is you can go ahead and take it and very quickly just touch it to the first toe. At this point, you'll barely even be doing any grinding because it's just going to be a moment that it touches the toe and you bring it away just as fast. And then they get a treat for that. 
Now, some dogs at this point may kind of jump away because it does feel a little strange. That's why you really, really want to do it as quickly as you can. Just get it on that toe and get it right off again so that hopefully they don't have a chance to be kind of taken aback by the feeling. Now, once they're okay with that, then you go to the next toe, do the same thing, just a momentary touch, and then they get a treat. Now, Doberdon says in here, of course, you're not going to do this all in one day. This is going to be over time. And you won't even necessarily do a whole, do all of their toes in one day. You may do one paw each day, and that's fine. And eventually, um, she tells you how to go on with this so that you build up, so that you can, at, so that you can eventually at one point go ahead and grind all of their toes. And they'll, and they'll lay there and they'll just love it and be happy to have it done. Now, to, get, to give you an idea, Toby and Kyler, when I first started this, were not fans. And actually, the noise part, it took them both a little while to get over that to where I could even really bring the Dremel close to them. So, uh, so this was about two years ago. At this point, they so much as see me go get the box that the Dremel is in. I don't even have the treats around me yet. They both go and they lay in their positions by where we always Dremel their nails. And Toby lays in his position so that he's ready for me to do his nails first. And Kyler lays kind of off to the side waiting for her turn. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they, they, they do it. And they just lay there and they're perfectly calm and they're great. I need to learn how to do that for the dentist. I mean, because it sounds <laughs> the same. I mean, the wind of the thing, it just... Yeah, yeah. Unfor- unfortunately, the, at the dentist, they don't spend as long working you up to it, I suppose. Somebody, some, somebody's dentist is doing that, Probably. I'm sure. Clicker uh, training, maybe. Yeah. Lot, lots of visits. But, um, but in any case, yes, um, and pe- people are always, are always amazed by that. But it took, it took quite a while. Um, for us, it probably took a few weeks to get to that point. So that's, so that's just something that you can work on that makes n- doing nails a positive experience for your dogs. Or, again, if you, if you can clip your dog's nails, then you can do that with the food on the front of the fridge. And that's something that can make it very positive for them as well. Just um, what you want to do is just think of different ways to take this experience, which may be a little bit weird for them at first, and make it very positive. And you can kind of make it special time with them. You know, in between doing nails, you can pet them and love on them. And of course, that's something that's always a, a really great motivator for them. So that would be their nails. Now, to move on to their teeth. Oh, before we go on, for their nails, how often to do it. A lot of that will depend on your dog and on what your vet recommends. However, if, you are, if you're cutting your dog's nails, probably a little snip every week or so would be fine. Probably closer to two weeks for most dogs, unless your dog's nails grow pretty fast. If you're doing the Dremel, then what you can do is you can do it about once a week, on Toby, since his na- since we try to keep his nails so short and they were too, a little bit too long to begin with, what we did was we start as we started out doing his nails about every three or four days, just a little little tiny bit in order to get the quick to recede. And the quick is the part that will hurt them if it's accidentally cut. So that's why we did just a very very little bit at a time. So I didn't actually touch the quick, but just got the nail. Um, right over it and we've gotten we've gotten his nails pretty far back every now and then I kind of get out of my routine for whatever reason and the nails grow out a little bit more but in but in general if you have your dog's nails at the length that you want them and you do it about every week for the dremel or every week or two for the for the clip clipping your dog's nails 
then they're all set. It makes it real easy, and it's much easier than taking them to the vet or the groomer for it once you've gotten them to the point where they are relaxed and comfortable about it. So, all right, as promised, moving along to the teeth. Now, they say that in the best of all worlds, you would brush your dog's teeth as often as you brush your own. Now, uh, probably that would be quite a schedule to keep up with, especially if you have multiple dogs. So a much easier schedule that still will accomplish the purpose um, that's needed. They say once a day, that once a day would be absolutely great, but three times a week can do the job if you, if you need it to be three times a week. Now, similarly to how you kind of worked up to doing your dog's nails, you're going to want to work up to brushing your dog's teeth if you don't already. The way to start out is to take either your finger or a washcloth and dip it in something that tastes good to the dog. So you can dip it in salt water or maybe beef or chicken broth, just a little something that they're going to like and kind of want to look at and want in their mouth. And then you can go ahead and do that and kind of rub it along their teeth and along their gum line. Now, this feeling may be a little bit odd to your dog, so they may kind of fight against you. That's why you have something that tastes really good. So that way, they first of all, you won't have them fighting against something that tastes bad. But second of all, just by letting you do it, they're getting rewarded because they're getting something that tastes good. Anytime that they are calm and they let you do that, then you go ahead and add in praise and add in petting and tell them how good they are. If they are, if they are fighting against you, then go ahead, just stop for a second, put that, that finger or that washcloth back in, the, back in the good tasty stuff and get them to where they want to lick that and go back and try again. Now, I recommend that you don't try to just do their whole mouth at once because if they haven't done it before, they probably will fight you at that point. Just go ahead and do a little tiny bit and then stop, pet them, and praise them for being good about letting you do that little tiny bit. And then get some more of the good tasting stuff, move on, and do another little tiny bit. Yes, the first few times it'll take a little while, but eventually you'll be able to work around their mouth and get them used to it a little bit at a time. Now, if you want to start out doing this every day, you don't have to do their whole mouth at once. You can do one side of their mouth one day and one side the other, or maybe the top one day and the bottom the next. And that way, you you kind of are getting them into a routine. You're still cleaning their teeth and working up to what you want to be doing. Now, once they get to the point where they are happy with you rubbing their mouth, either with your finger or with the washcloth, and we'll sit there and let you do that fairly quickly, then it's time to move on to the actual toothbrush. Now, they do sell doggy toothbrushes, and those are a very good idea because your dog may tend to kind of chew on it as you're brushing their teeth, um, and the dog, the dog ones are a little bit sturdier. So it's not bad for them to chew on it. It's just they don't necessarily understand that they're supposed to sit there with their mouth open the whole time. Go ahead and at first take that, that good-tasting stuff, your broth or your salt water, and go ahead and brush their teeth with that. It's probably, you know, not the, not the best cleaning agent for their teeth, but it's getting them used to the feeling and making it very positive and very rewarding for them. Go ahead and use that all around their mouth. And again, with the toothbrush, you may have to do just a little bit at a time because even though they were perfectly fine with using your finger or the washcloth, this is a brand new feeling to them. So that may be something that kind of makes them step back a little bit. Go ahead and take your time. 
working around as much of their mouth as you can. Do a little bit at a time and praise them. And again, go ahead and do one side and one day and the other side the next day if you need to. Once they've gotten to the point where they're accepting of the toothbrush and this is old hat and they're perfectly happy with the toothbrush, go ahead and move on to dog toothpaste. I highly, highly recommend that you get a dog toothpaste that tastes pretty good. Um, they, they come in beef flavor and chicken flavor and liver flavor. Those are ones that are good to use for your dog. Um, they also do come in mint flavor, which may make your dog's breath smell wonderful if you can get your dog to actually let you brush your teeth while using it. Um, many dogs, even if they don't mind the feeling of the toothbrush, they don't care for the minty taste. And even if you do manage to get their mouth done with it, they may then the first thing they're going to want to do is go chew something else to get that taste out of their mouth. So go ahead and just use one of the dog flavor toothpaste. They'll enjoy it very, very much and they'll thank you for it. So this is important to do because dogs can get plaque and tartar and cavities just the same way that we do, and they can even get gum disease the same way that, that we do. That can later on in their life affect um, other systems. They can make it difficult for them to eat, and it can also affect their heart. So it can be a really, really big do. It's a small thing for you to take care of now for your dog that will add up to making them much healthier later on. So if you have any, any questions or would like any more tips about these, then go ahead and please email us, or you can call in and leave us a voicemail. The email address and the voicemail numbers will be available for you at the end of the show. But make sure to make this an enjoyable time with your dog because it can be a lot of fun and you're getting your dog's hygiene taken care of at the same time. It makes me want to brush my teeth right now. Mm, with liver-flavored toothpaste, I bet. Also tonight for you, we have a story from CD. Now, CD wrote in a while back about fostering dogs, if you recognize the name, but this time had heard our last episode on adopting older dogs and wanted to share an experience with that with us as well. So I'm going to turn it over to Walter to read the story for you. So take it away, Walter. Thanks, Tara. And actually... There is a picture that goes along with this story that CD has sent along of his dog, Oregano. And you can check that out in the Enhanced Podcast and on our listeners' picture gallery at caninecast.com. Here's the story. Hi, Tara and Walter. I wrote a while ago about fostering Goldie and Little Bear, but after your most recent episode, I was prompted to write once again. I have to wholeheartedly agree with everything you said about adopting an older dog. I adopted my own dog, not a foster, about a year ago. He is 11 years old now. All of those things you mentioned are really true. He is just the sweetest dog who has no ambitions in life except to sit next to you and be petted. He thinks my small apartment is a palace, and a trot around the dog park every couple of days is as much exercise as he needs. He did officially become old a couple of weeks ago. He jumped off the bed and compressed a disc in his back. Alas, he is not as acrobatic as he thinks he is, but he is a wonderful little dog who has won the heart of even the most distant people he's met. Oh, and by the way, as cute as his name is, I can't take credit. The lady who fostered him had so many dogs, she named them all after spices. Thanks, CD, for sending us in another really good and really cute story. We have some time for a listener question. Lisa writes in, Shortly after adopting Sam and Jake, we purchased gentle leaders for each of them. They work wonders, but the fit always worries me. 
If we fit according to the directions, they seem so very tight and I worry. Also, no matter how accurately we fit on Sam, it seems to write close to his eyes, in my opinion. I wondered how you feel about gentle leaders and if you have any advice. Well, how I feel about gentle leaders. First of all, for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with this, a gentle leader works in much the same way that a horse's bridle does. It actually goes on the dog's head. There's one strap that goes back behind their ears and then another strap that goes over their nose. And what it does is it actually changes when a dog um, pulls on the leash. It actually changes where they feel that. And it tends to tur- to pull the dog back and turn their head towards you. So if they try to pull away, it just pulls them back towards you, which is where you want them to be. So I, I personally think it's a great tool. Um, we use the Gentle Leader on Kyler for walks. I think it's a, it's a great tool. Now, so far as the fit... It will be kind of tight behind their ears if you have it on right. It should be about, you should be able to fit about one finger under it if you have a small dog and then one to two fingers under it on a big dog. And that's going to hold it on there um, pretty securely. So just in case the nose loop falls off, then it'll still stay on your dog's head. Um, Now, having it tight there also allows you to keep the nose loop a little bit looser so that your dog can freely open its mouth, pant. The directions that come with it say that your dog should be able to catch a ball in its mouth with that on. Now, you want to make sure that the nose loop is tight enough so that it won't slip off their nose, but still, you know, but it should still be loose enough that they can open their mouth. Uh, you said that on Sam, it seems to write close to his eyes. On Kyler, it does that too. So long as it doesn't actually touch his eyes, then that's fine. That's not, that's not going to be a problem, and it's not going to hurt him at all. So I would say that probably you're doing just fine. And as you said, they work wonders. They're a great tool. Just make sure that when you use them that you don't give your dogs the full lead. You don't want them to be able to take off at a run from you because if that happens, then it can snap them around pretty quickly, which can hurt them. That's not uh, a good thing. But if you go ahead and keep the leash short enough that they're going to, that they'll still have a loose leash if they walk next to you, but that they can't go too far or take off at a run, then that's the best way to use it. So it sounds like it's probably a good tool for you and the go ahead and adjust the fit if you need to, but it should be kind of tight in the back. The only place that you need to worry about it being looser may possibly be in the front. So I hope that helps, and we could probably do an entire show on gentle leaders because they're a great tool to use with your dog. But we're about at the end of our time, so I'm going to turn it over to Walter for some announcements. Thanks, Tara. We have more pictures in the listener's picture gallery that we've just got in. We have pictures from Leonard of his dog, Momo. We have pictures from Lisa of her dogs, Jake and Sam. And she also included a nice story that we're going to read on a future show that we didn't have time for today. And as I mentioned before, we have a picture of CD's dog, Oregano, in the listener's picture gallery. So we have more pictures for you to check out, and we encourage you to send in your dog's picture if you haven't done so already. There's about five pages of pictures in the gallery, and you can click on the link on the Enhanced Podcast or check it out at caninecast.com. And the other thing we have is we have an announcement. There is going to be another Nintendogs event, 
We talked about Nintendogs in a previous show. Nintendogs is a virtual dog simulator for the Nintendo DS game console. And it's kind of an interesting game, something that we can definitely devote a whole show to, and we plan to in the future. And the event is actually a Nintendogs doggy fashion show that's going to be held at Riverside Park in New York City on Saturday, the 24th of September. Goes from 1 to 3, and what's really noteworthy about this particular Nintendogs event is that it's being sponsored by the ASPCA, who will be showcasing some of their puppies up for adoption uh, with this cute little fashion show that they've put on. Uh, they're also going to have the Nintendogs game creator there, and there's also going to be Nintendogs game station, so if you want to go to check out Nintendogs and see these puppies that are up for adoption, it's definitely something that I wish I could check out firsthand. In any case, I just thought this was a really interesting event, and also the fact that the ASPCA was, was kind of getting involved with this virtual dog simulator thing is certainly news to me. So that does sound like an interesting event. So if any of our New York listeners end up going to that, we would love to hear from you about how that went. So and speaking of that, we've gotten in a number of emails. And we love our emails and we love when our listeners call in. We just love hearing from you guys. It's great to get all of the stories and the questions and the feedback just makes our day. So we want to let you know that as we're getting more, it's taking us a little longer to get back to some of the emails. But uh, we are going to be going through them in the show and reading them, answering your questions, and we are going to write back to you as soon as we can. So please continue to send them on in to us because it really makes us smile. So with that, that's the end of our show for tonight. So please, if you haven't already, remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast. Please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.